Hello and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. We exist to see lives transformed through Jesus and are located in the heart of Surrey, BC, Canada. To find out more, visit us at horizonchurch.ca. We hope this message blesses and inspires you. How you guys doing? All right, just a few people didn't say anything. How you guys doing? That was more people. I've seen a few people with attitudes in here. How you guys doing? All right, amen. And then there's a couple more that didn't say nothing, but that's okay. God gave you a chance. You've been praying for a miracle. And a lot of times we don't understand how much our miracle is in our obedience. We on our way to church, God, give me a word. Do something. Shift my life. Shift my family's life. Shift my circumstances. And then a man of God that you're not familiar with, so you're trying to size me up. He says, say something. you like, you ain't my pastor. And then the Lord says, say it again. See, this is the love of God. He's trying to get something to you. And you want it to come through the mouth that you know. But the Lord send you a donkey. I'm not the donkey, but I'm just saying. <laughs> um, I just want to add one thing to the family that is going. Pastor Craig and Shanda did a great job at uh, challenging you to give. But also letting you off the hook by saying no pressure if God puts it on your heart. And as they were saying that, something came to me is, what if God don't put it on your heart, but your seed touches his heart? See, a lot of times you're waiting for God to put it on your heart, when in a relationship, shouldn't you try to put something on his heart? Shouldn't you try to touch his heart? Stop just wanting to be touched. The woman with the issue of blood, if she was waiting to be touched, she never would have gotten healed. Amen. This is the Pentecostal side right here. So if I'm going to this side a little bit more, just understand why. This is the Pentecostal side over here. Amen. Amen. Can we make some noise for your pastors, Pastor Craig and Shanda, please? Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You guys have no idea what you mean to Pastor Julie and I being in this country, uh, planting a church from California, and it could be lonely. And I don't know about you, but I value covering. I value partnership. And you guys, without even trying, you guys have covered us in many ways. Um, that's almost like a like a speed clock or something up there. That thing going fast. Okay. We could do this in 20. We could do this in 20. And then my marvelous wife, she is over there. And I want to say thank you, dear, for being who you are. Let's see if we can get it. You're not going to get it all, but you're going to get what you need. I've been sitting here today to stir up something inside of you. 
before I move forward, the Lord has said, as I was sitting over there, there's a couple marriages in here that he desires to heal. And you're willing to allow your marriage to just coast until death do you part. And the Lord says he wants to heal your marriage. I'm not going to ask you to stand, not going to ask you to raise your hand. You know who you are. But what he says is going to be the leading of the husband that is going to see this marriage to wholeness. I don't know what you've been through in your marriage, but you deserve a wholeness in your marriage. And your children deserve to see their parents love each other, not tolerate each other. Because you're raising them to tolerate people. And you're raising them and showing them how to deal with trouble in their future marriage. And so my prayer for you today is that you humble yourself and that you look to the hills from which cometh your help. Your help comes from the Lord. And I promise you that your marriage, if you put in the work, the time and the humility and clean your schedule out and stop running from the work, your marriage will be exceeding abundantly above all you can ask, think, or imagine. Amen. All right. Today, I want to talk from the area of the table is set. See, you might have saw a pandemic. I saw the Lord setting the table. <laughs> you might have experienced people dying, but I also see the Lord causing people to rise. Say the table is set. We are preparing for glory. When I read Isaiah 60, it tells us that the glory is going to be up on us in the midst of gross darkness. I'm going to open up with a scripture that tells you the place that he prepares the table is in the presence of your enemies. You're praying to get out of the valley. You're praying to get off the mountain. You're praying to God, get your enemies away. And the Lord says, no, that's where I'm setting the table. You want peace in the presence of your enemies. You want promotion in the presence of your enemies. You want revelation in the presence of your enemies. What I see is God is trying to get his people to rest in him, not in comfort, not in convenience. We have to be a people that know how to find rest, function, and operate under duress. See, we want God to take the pandemic away. We want him. Let me tell you, whether they announce a pandemic or not, the world is in a pandemic until Jesus come back. So what the church needs to do is partner with God to be the light of the world. We're co-laborers. What does that mean to you? They, wait a minute. First of all, who are you that God wants to work with you? Who do you think you are? That God wants to be in your presence. You, you think it's one way. You think that God is always asking you to be in his presence. What if I told you he wants to be in your presence? Who are you that you are mindful of me? See, some of you in here have an identity issue. And you're searching for significance in order to validate sonship. 
but you were a son before you were formed in your mother's womb. The table is set. And what does that mean? God is getting ready to move. And let me tell you, revival will happen in the marketplace. So maybe you don't serve priest, but you are a king and God has placed you in the marketplace to bring in the spoils, to advance the kingdom. Ministry is going to happen in Whole Foods. It's going to happen at the car wash. It's going to happen when you're out on your run. Can God interrupt your routine for revival? The table is set. Psalm 23 says this, Yahweh is my best friend and my shepherd. He's not just my shepherd. He's not just ones that give me what I want. He's my friend. And I always have more than enough. I always have more than enough. But the question is, what is more than enough to you? See, because when you have shalom, you have more than enough. When you have agape in your heart, you have more than enough. When you have healthy relationships, here you go. When you value the treasure of things you can't buy, you live in more than enough. He says, seek me first, my kingdom, my way of doing things, my righteousness, and all the stuff you're stressing over, some of it will be added unto you. You, you, you see the little twist, little lime and lemon up in there. I just threw a little twist in there for you. you my charismatic side, you see that? Amen. Because there are some things when you fall in love with Jesus, there's things you desire now, but when you fall in love with Jesus, you're not going to even want it no more. <laughs> there's stuff you desire now that when you fall in love with Jesus, it will gross you out. Yeah, that little, that little husband or, or wife you think you want, that little job you want. See, see, you think you want to do certain things, but when you fall, that's why he says, delight in me. You, you can't delight in him and not get a heart transplant. You delight in me, I'll give you the desires of your heart. Why? He says, abide in me, I'll give you. Ask the Father for whatever and I'll give it. You really think Jesus says, pray for whatever and I'm going to give it to you. No, but when you delight in him, when you seek him, you only want what he wants. So, so you have to align your heart with his will and you'll probably see more. That's why he can say my, my, all, my, all of my promises are what? Yes and amen. You notice what he said? All your promises are yes and amen. He didn't say all your desires are yes and amen. No, all of his promises needs to be your desires. You okay, Katie? All right, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Thank you. I just, just the way the Lord works with me, I need, I need music. I can do without it, but I, I need it though. It's like, it's like an IV right now. Me and her are connected. Okay. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace near the quiet brook of bliss. His tracks, his tracks. See, there's the world's tracks I can follow. There's the Lord's tracks I can follow. Understand, his tracks lead to an oasis. Some of you in here need a refreshing.
Wait, let me, every, I need a refreshing. But it's going to be found on what? His tracks. And what I found out that his tracks may go through the valley. But in the midst of the valley, in the midst of the desert, he'll put a river. See, I serve a God that may not move your mountain, but he will raise your valley. I serve a God that may not take you out of the desert, but he will carve and fill a river right in the midst. He may not pull away the thorn, but he'll give you comfort. He'll give you peace. He'll give you insight. See, I've learned to be like Paul. He says, you know what? I've learned to adjust to this thorn. It's not that I like the thorn. But I've learned to rejoice because I found that when I'm weak, he's strong. When there's a pandemic, the pressure is not on God's children to make it through. The pressure is on the king to make sure the citizens of the kingdom have all that they need to get through. You, you think there's pressure on you. You're not all of that. By yourself you can't make it your marriage would not be falling apart if you depended on God and made him a part if God was the main character in your marriage <laughs> amen he says my tracks lead we serve a God that his tracks lead to glory but it takes glory to get to glory. What, what, what am I saying? The Bible says we go from faith to faith, glory to glory. And if the Lord is the one who is leading you to glory, I would say the Lord is glorious, goodness and mercy. Moses says, show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will show you my goodness. See, when you see glory, it's not necessarily gold flakes falling. His glory is you woke up this morning. His glory is you have your right mind. His glory is that you made it through a pandemic. His glory is that you have pastors who really pastor you. That's his glory. The glory is you have food on your table. The glory is you may not have a million dollars in your bank. You may only have $500. But guess what the glory is? You got $500 more than someone else. Say glory. That's where the, he restores and revives my life. He opens before me the right path and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness. He leads me. He's taking responsibility for me so that I can bring honor to his name. Let me help you something. God's name is on the line. He wants to show up. He wants to prove himself. He wants to show up and show out in your life. Oh, I'm stirring you up. Why? Because we can't just be a church that come to church. We have to be the church that takes the church into the streets. The world needs to see his glory. The Great Commission, go and make disciples. You can have a small group and not make disciples. You can have relationships and not make disciples. When's the last time you led someone to Jesus? We are called to be soul winners. We are called to be, to be 
disciple makers. And I realized, man, that there's a glory on God's people that's waiting for people to put it on. <laughs> there's an anointing available for every last one of you. But the question is, are you aware that you're anointed? Are you aware that there's something supernatural on you that is causing you to get the supernatural done, to bring people from the dark into the light? Are you aware that you're anointed? Or are you just natural? You're just a natural Christian. You're going to heaven natural. Or do you realize there's something supernatural inside of you? There's a word that's been prophesied over. You can't sit in this house and impartation don't take place. What I'm telling you is when you leave, there is a great treasure inside of you. And I just want to stir it up. I want to let you know some of you have gifts of healing up on you. Some of you don't have to wait till Sunday to see God move. Prophesy over your marriage. Prophesy over your boss. Prophesy over your co-workers. Stop complaining about your place of work. You may be in a desert, but God has brought you there to bring water. If you a Christian that's dry, what does that say about your co-workers who ain't saved? Are you going to carry the water or not? Are you going to be a well or are you going to bring springs of living water? The well is for salvation. That's for you. The river is for others. There's something that's brimming inside of you. God wants you to live in overflow. Wells don't overflow. You just put your little bucket down and get up the water you need. There's something inside of you that when the elders laid hands on you, there was a gift imparted. And how Jesus, how Terrence, how Katie went around doing good. You have to do and you have to activate that anointing. You have to walk in it. There's all on you. There is supernatural in you, not by might nor by power, but by your spirit, God. Don't be a Christian that come here and sing these wonderful songs and when you walk out the door, you don't walk with the glory that has been resting upon you from being in the presence of the believers and in the gathering of the saints and the glory of God. There's royalty on you. I don't care what you're going through. It's a blessing to be going through something. <laughs> he says, I'll never be lonely for you are with me. You become my delicious feast. Let me, let, me, let me go to the amplified version. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He says, verse three, he refreshes and restores my soul. Verse four, it says, I walk through the valley in the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. Let me go back to where's that? You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemy. I won't go there. I'm just telling you it's there. You go there when you get home. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. Why? Why do you anoint my head? They, the shepherds anoint it. The, the, the shepherds anoint the sheep's head, or shall I say, put oil on the head. The fragrance of the anointing kept the wolves away. The fragrance of the anointing kept the sheep from banging, I mean the flies away, sorry, the flies away. 
Because if the flies get on your head, they get in your ears, they get in your head and you start banging yourself to death. The anointing is not to just empower you to do, but it's to protect you from. So if you're not walking in the anointing and using it, you're also, uh, you're also allowing protection to be dormant. See, me up here today in where I'm called to be is a form of protecting my family. <laughs> you're anointed. But God is preparing you to sit at a table like this in the presence of your enemy. Oh, you can't, you can't get out of this situation. You can't ask. Let me, let me help you. The children of Israel could have went a shorter route to get to where they was going. But the Lord said, no, we're going to go the longer route because the easier and quicker route, you would have been intimidated out of the blessing. You think the enemy that is presenting itself to you is something. No, he's a shadow. He is trying to taunt you. He is trying to intimidate you. But he also is the same enemy that knows no weapon formed against you shall prosper. He also knows that, you, that he's the same enemy that is under your feet. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. Here's the question. What are you preparing? Every believer should be preparing for something. My question is, what are you preparing for? Are, are you preparing for things to lock down again? Or are you preparing for heaven to bust open? Uh, what are you preparing for? Are you, are you gripped with fear? Every believer, if you're not preparing, you're not in faith. If you're not anticipating, your faith is not worth. What are you anticipating? Is fear preparing you or is love preparing you? You, you have to be preparing for something. God is preparing a place for a prepared people. You're not about, see, every person that's about to get married, guess what they're going to do? They're going to what? Prepare for wedding. When you come to worship, there's prayer going on the other side. There's intercessors now over there. They're preparing for the miracle. They're preparing for the breakthrough. They're preparing for the breakout. They're preparing for church growth. They're preparing for revival. They're preparing for a successful marriage. They're preparing for their children to be free. They're preparing for Vancouver to know Jesus. He says, expand your tent pegs. Make room for what you're preparing for. If you buy a new couch and they're going to deliver it, what should you do? Move the old one and make room for the new one. You don't wait for the new, then try to move the old. You don't come back from the pandemic and expect your pastors to walk in the old. <laughs> nope. What are you preparing? What are you anticipating? What are you expecting? Where's your expectation for God? Do you expect big things? Or is the biggest thing you have going for you is your bank account, your family, your resources? Are you believing big for your city? What are you listening for? The Bible warns us, be careful what we hear. 
You do. You have a responsibility to steward your hearing. What are you listening for? Or are you just taking any frequency? Are you tuning in to whatever the radio station is tuned in when you wake up? Or do you tune to make sure that your station is not tampered with? Because while you sleep, the enemy may tamper with your station. And you wake up, you went to bed in faith, you wake up in fear. Steward, you're listening. Because there's a sound. Now look, look we don't have, let me tell you something. We don't have to pray for revival. Here we go. Revival's here. We have to pray for people to put on revival. We have to pray for people to get out of here and go out there and stop walking a stale Christianity and let your light shine. There's a generation that rather be with Rihanna and Drake than to be here with Pastor Craig and Shanda and with you. Why? Because there is a joy that the world seems to have. But we just walk in, talk to us, Pastor. Amen. That was so inspiring. Not everybody. For sure, not this side. I know you guys are boing banging. <laughs> are you preparing for the government to shut things down again? Or are you preparing for the kingdom to release its angel army and heaven to bust wide open? Are you postured like the favor of the Lord surrounds you like a shield? Sheikabah, I have negative five seconds I'm just gonna go all the way to the end hey no no I'm trying to get invited back you trying to get me in trouble I got a relationship I'm working on get behind me say no I'm just playing I'm just playing I'm just playing I'm just playing Isaiah 54 there's some good stuff in here too I come back. I come back. Rejoice with singing, you barren one. Rejoice while you're barren. Rejoice when you don't feel nothing moving and nothing cracking. Rejoice when it don't feel right. Rejoice in the obscurity. Rejoice in the valley. Rejoice, you barren. When God is telling you to rejoice during trauma, something must be about to break open for you. When God is saying, all you need to do during this pandemic is give me some praise. You who have never given birth, burst into a song of joy and shout. You who have never been in labor for the deserted wife will have more children than the married one, says Yahweh. Favor is getting ready to shift. Increase is coming. This is what he says. Increase is coming, so enlarge your... Increase is coming, so now enlarge your tent. And add extensions. Add extensions to your dwelling. This is the part, holding nothing back. How wide are you believing God to fill? How many barrels are you willing to go? Because as many barrels you put before the Lord, he is committed to fill them. How big a tent you want? Or are you just thinking about a tent big enough for you and your family? Or are you believing for a nationwide tent? 
So enlarge your tent and add extensions to your dwelling, holding nothing back. Make the tent ropes longer and the pegs stronger. Not only do you need to go wide, you need to make sure that your pegs are strong enough to handle the weight of the glory that's about to release in your life. He says you will increase and spread out in every direction. So what God is about to bring is going to go beyond your address. Your sons and your daughters will conquer nations and revitalize desolate cities. Oh, Vancouver, we're parked right in the middle of Vancouver because I don't care what preacher that came and said, Vancouver is the hardest church to place to plant a church. No, it's not. And if it was too hard for you, it must have been meaning God, the, the giants was running you out to save it for me. Because God is going to do something in the roughest places, the darkest places. Do not fear, for your shame is no more. Do not be embarrassed, for you will not be disgraced. You will forget the, the inadequacy you felt in your youth and, you and will no longer remember the shame of your widowhood. For your maker is your husband. His name is Yahweh, commander of angel armies. And what, what does that mean, commander of angel armies? He has not only sent you on an assignment, but he sent back up. Lift your hands right where you are, all over the building. You are anointed for such a time as this. You are appointed for such a time as this. I declare the brokenness that has hindered your giftings to flourish. We come back, we push back, we shatter and we scatter the attacks and the works of the enemy in your mind. You are a son of the Most High. You are a daughter of the Most High. You can make it, you will make it. You are an overcomer. You will walk by faith and not by sight. Your emotions do not direct you or guide you. I declare in the name of Jesus, your marriage will be a winning marriage. Your children will know Jesus. Your block, your community, your neighborhood will know Jesus. You are anointed to bring in the spoils. You are anointed to heal the sick. You are anointed and the Lord is with you. You are anointed. Say, I'm anointed to do good work. I'm anointed to push back darkness. My city will know Jesus. My nation will know Jesus. My family will know Jesus. I'm anointed. Say, watch out. Say, watch out. Say, watch out. Look at your neighbor. Say, watch out. In Jesus' name. If you believe it, shout about it one time for me. We hope you enjoyed this message from Horizon Church. To find your next step, visit horizonfam.ca. Have a great week.